Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Okay, Chelsea. So CBS Sports did a, a really nice job of throwing out some burning questions before Super Bowl 58. And so let's go through a few of these at least. And I, I want your take here because I think these are, are fascinating questions. And the first one kind of shocked me, which is, will Patrick Mahomes have more Super Bowl woes? Now, woes is maybe, maybe sounds like a harsh word, but here's what they're saying. Out of every playoff round, the Super Bowl, at least for Mahomes, is his least productive He's thrown more interceptions, four, in his three Super Bowls than he has in his other 14 playoff games combined. Only three. I know that sounds like sacrilege to even suggest for a moment that Patrick Mahomes might have a bad game in the biggest game on the planet. But the numbers are the numbers. Is that a concern of yours at all? I think interceptions are a tricky metric sometimes because if you're down – and you were trying to make something work, say it's a Hail Mary. Like that interception counts the same as, you know, an interception that's in, you know, on a third down or something. So I think that's not the only metric you should look at. But also remember the Super Bowl in which he struggled the most against Tampa Bay. That was the year that his offensive line was absolutely terrible. And Tampa Bay had this great defense. That year he had a completion percentage of 53%. He was running around behind the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. He had two interceptions, you know, in that game alone. So I think that the the thing you would look at is, okay, is his offensive line good this year? And is the opposing defensive line one that could get some pressure on Patrick Mahomes? And it's tricky. It's not just pressure because we know Patrick Mahomes is actually really good when he gets blitz. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't feel like that is – the storyline going into this year's Super Bowl because the offensive line has not been the problem in Kansas City. Yeah. So I don't think we see a repeat of that. I don't think so either. And I think ultimately, if you're Kansas City, then you don't really have to worry about protecting Patrick Mahomes. They, they've been awesome at that. If you're the mm-hmm. Niners, I think you have to find creative ways. If you're just going to look to get four man fronts and trying to get pressure that way, it's not going to work out for you. So if you're going to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, I think you have to get creative and select the right spots to do that. 
And then maybe, then maybe that's the right way to go about it. But I'm with you. That that offensive front has been great for Patrick Mahomes. And against the Bucs, when he was running for his life, I mean, he just had no time to throw. I remember watching or looking at a, a metric that they showed after that game, and it was how much Tom Brady had to move in that game versus Patrick Mahomes. And you just saw Tom Brady in one little circle. He didn't have to go anywhere. He could just sit in the pocket and throw all day. And Patrick Mahomes was like, yeah, I'm running over here. Yeah, I'm running over here. Whoa, I'm over here. I don't think he's going to have to do that against the Niners. Speaking of the Niners, can they buck the Super Bowl rematch trend? Five of the previous seven times in which teams have met again in the Super Bowl, we've seen a repeat winner. To me, I will say, to me, this doesn't really move the needle either way because each team is, is different, right? Trends are going to naturally occur in the wild, if you will. Some trends I think are meaningful, like betting against Patrick Mahomes when he's a dog. That's a very significant trend that you have to certainly take into account if you're going to bet this game. But something like this, I'm just like, you know, these are completely different teams. I think the quarterbacks are different here. Teams from top to bottom have different rosters. So this is something I don't really worry about. Yeah, this trend goes in the trash can for me. This is similar to a roulette wheel and saying, okay, it has landed on red three straight times. That means it's got to go to black at some point, right? No, it doesn't. It can continue going on red. And I have learned that lesson the hard way, my friends. It feels like one of those instances where each and every instance is its Mm -hmm. own set of probabilities, especially when you're talking about different teams. Like, it would be one thing if it was like, okay, the rematch of these two teams with the Mm -hmm. same players and the same coaches and the same set of circumstances, but it's not. So, yeah, this trend is a pass for me. I'm the same way. Here is a, I think, more of an interesting question than you might anticipate. Who wins the matchup between Travis Kelsey and the Niners linebackers? Now, obviously, Travis Kelsey is the best in the game. However, when it comes to San Francisco's defense, they are particularly good at slowing down tight ends. They have allowed the seventh fewest yards per reception and second fewest yards after the catch per reception against tight ends this season. Now, in three career previous games against the Niners, Mahomes has completed 20 of 24 targets to Kelsey for 255 yards and a score. So who has the edge here? I think it's still Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is not your normal average run-of-the-mill tight end. He is one of the game's greatest. And just look at the last time out for the Niners. Guess who else has a pretty solid tight end that maybe is not on the level of Travis Kelsey yet? But Sam Laporta had nine catches for 97 yards for the Detroit Lions against this very uh, San Francisco defense. So I think Travis Kelsey always has the edge. It always feels like he's open. And here's the thing. People saying, well, they're going to game plan against him. Mm -hmm. What do you think people have been doing for like the past five (laughs) years? Everyone and their mom knows the ball is going to Travis Kelsey, but yet he's still finding ways to get open and especially in the end zone because think about the secondary and think about how big Travis Kelsey is that is a huge mismatch in the end zone so I feel like Travis Kelsey still has the upper hand old man winter here if I had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, I would agree. And I think part of that for me, again, I don't like to go off a one-game sample size, but certainly when you look at the Ravens game against the Chiefs, with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. I mean, those guys are absolute maniacs. They're fantastic linebackers, and yet Kelsey still found a way. And like you were saying, look, every team is going to game plan. We're trying to slow down Kelsey. And if the Ravens had a hard time doing it, I feel like the Niners will as well. So I would give that edge to Travis Kelsey. Maybe not as explosive as he was against Baltimore, but certainly I expect him to have some sort of success. Okay, here's another burning question. Will Kyle Shanahan blow a lead? Oh, here we go. This is going to be talked about. He has coached in two of the largest blown leads in Super Bowl history. Of course, offensive coordinator of the Falcons when they were leading 28-3. Remember how that turned out? He was also on top 20-10 as head coach of the Niners when they faced the Chiefs last time out. In the fourth quarter of each of those defeats, Shanahan's teams combined for zero points, a completion percentage of 39%, and went 0 for 6 on third down. Is this exaggerated, or do you think in the moment there's a possibility that Kyle Shanahan could clam up a little bit? It feels like we got to pick a narrative here because remember going into the postseason, we said the narrative was, okay, Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. is like 1 in 30 when his team is trailing by at least four points going into the fourth quarter. Kyle Shanahan is not somebody who can make comebacks. What have they done right. the entire postseason? Yeah. He's made comebacks. So now we're saying, because I get it, if you partaked or partook in that Super Bowl where the Falcons blew that 28-3 lead, you're probably going to be mentioned in this narrative. But also, he was going against a generational quarterback uh, Mm -hmm. in Tom Brady. But same thing, going to be going against Patrick Mahomes. So I think if he does, quote-unquote, blow a lead, it's not like it's necessarily a testament to how bad of a coach he is it's probably just Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things but the other thing is do you think the Niners will be able to you know build up a big lead against this Kansas City defense it's been really good uh I I think it's possible for sure I think anything is possible in a game like this I also think that we need to like quantify or at least define what a lead is because if all of a sudden, the the Niners are leading the Chiefs 10-7, and then the Chiefs win. I don't think you can put that under the umbrella or under the category of Kyle Shanahan blew a lead, right? Like, it, the, the, the amount of the lead matters when you have the lead matters, but an early lead by the 49ers does not constitute blowing a lead. Sometimes that's just the way a game goes. It goes back and forth. You have a competitive game and that's football. So I I think he sort of blew through this narrative coming back was, I think particularly huge for, for Kyle. And now to see it in back-to-back playoff games, I think is especially important. 
because it's one thing to do it once and then to do it again with so much on the line, I think speaks to the fact that like, it's not to say it can't happen again, but at the same time, you can always learn from those experiences, right? Part of this is a learning process because as, as much as, and I think it's harder for coaches, but we always talk about players improving and players getting better and learning from previous experiences. Coaches can do that too. Do you know what I mean? Like Andy Reid is, mm-hmm. is honestly on the other side of the field is a perfect example. Now he has different personnel now, but what was the narrative about Andy Reid when he went to Kansas City? Can't win a big one. He can't. Took the Eagles to the NFC Championship game again, again, again. Couldn't win a bit. Can't do it. And here he is now. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. Has a couple rings. So I did Andy Reid suddenly just reinvent himself? No. Maybe he learned some things along the way, but he's still essentially the same coach. And I think you can apply similar principles to guys like Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, and I would spin off that even more forward in saying, I think it was a great thing that San Francisco had to play from behind in some of those games. It's Mm -hmm. similar to, you know, in March Madness where you see these dominant basketball teams and then they get down and they lose their minds. They don't know what to do. So for a team that was so dominant this year and uh, a team that that was one of the narratives going into the postseason was, okay, can they play from behind? Because it's a team that is very good at like building up this lead, but can they come from behind? So I think it was not only good for Kyle Shanahan, but for this team's confidence as a whole. I think you're absolutely right about that. And now they know, hey, we can do something that we weren't able to do before. And we've done it twice now into the Mm -hmm. biggest games of our season. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.